welcome to the authentic existence with katie and Lori. hey welcome back guys it is thursday so that means it's podcast recording day for katie and i and today we just want to jump right into it so uh, we always collaborate and talk about what we want to bring to the surface and what we'd like to discuss when doing the podcast and i brought up energy healing so i know that some people will be like that is not really real so um and i happen to be a certified energy healer so it means a lot to me for someone to say um that's not really real (laughs) when i know for a fact it is so one of the things i want to start talking about today um in order to give energy healing a little bit of credibility we're going to talk about the placebo effect so i pulled up some research from harvard's uh health organization website health.harvard.edu and there goes a piece of the podcast that's not supposed to be running until way later that's all right so we're just gonna blow right past that we'll put it back in after the show so here's the part that i wanted to talk about with the placebo effect it says recent research on the placebo effect only confirms how powerful it can be and that the benefits of a placebo treatment aren't just all in your head measurable Physiological changes can be observed in those taking a placebo similar to those observed among people taking effective medications. In particular, blood pressure, heart rate, and various blood test results have shown to change among subsets of research subjects who responded to a placebo. So while we're on that topic, um, I want to also talk about something that I just got really familiar with. It's called the nocebo. So just like you can arrive at a healing space with the the affirmation and positive thoughts of thinking that whatever you're being given or speaking highly to your body or speaking highly to your energy or calming yourself, just as you can use those tools for the positive, you can also contribute to them negatively. So <clears throat> it says, the power of suge- suggestion is a double-edged sword. If you expect treatment to help you, it may be lo- more likely to do so. And if you expect treatment will be harmful, you are more likely to experience negative side effects. It's called the nocebo effect, which is from the Latin term, I shall harm. So this is coming from Harvard. This is coming from all over the place. I have lots of literature on it that we want to talk about today. Um, but I w- know that Katie has some things that she wants to talk about in order to uh, kind of collaborate with me on this topic about using visual imagery when you are trying to heal from whatever it is you're trying to heal from. Yeah, so just to talk about what you were just talking about first before we go into that, <clears throat> that is a lot like what I know to be the self-fulfilling prophecy. And the self-fulfilling prophecy is simply the physical outcome of a situation being influenced by our thinking, either positively or negatively. And so it is true. You know, if we believe we can, we can. If we believe we can't, we can't. And that's why I think that the positive affirmations, you know, even if we don't necessarily believe them at the time, we can maybe try to trick our mind into believing it. And um, in that college class that I took called psychoneuroimmunology they spoke a lot about picture imagery and healing in women with breast cancer and that there were certain percentages which of course I don't know um, of women who simply by imagining their body healing they even gave them the the picture of a pac-man 
So imagine that this chemo treatment that we're giving you is the little Pac-Man and they're going in there and they're eating up all of the cancer cells. And there were tests that after the, the, the patients who thought that or went through that guided picture imagery um, increased in their health drastically. Sure. So you're saying the same way that you can heal yourself, you can also harm yourself. Correct. And that it's provable by actual health scientists and doctors and people in a medical professional. Yeah. So all the people who think that we're crazy. (laughs) Ta-da! So I have a... Today I brought my library with me because I feel like these are very important books and I can always find something that helps me um, in my path inside of these pages. So uh, the, there's a chapter of the book. The book is called Sacred Healing. It's by C. Norman Shealy. He is a, a, a real doctor, an MD and a PhD. So dude's like all the way doctored up. Uh, so he wrote this book called Sacred Healing, The Curing Power of Energy and Spirituality. It was written in, uh, it was published rather in 1999. So this is a little old, but I can't imagine that the data is that much different. Um, So he talks about Hippocrates, the Hippocratic Oath, Hippocrates, excuse me, the Hippocratic Oath, you know, I shall do no harm. So these doctors are not out here giving people a placebo effect, thinking that like, this is going to make it worse. They know that by testing drugs and treatments that if they give you a placebo, it still has even whatever, a minimal or some sort of health benefit for you. So in that, it says uh, another doctor's book, he quotes, Dr. William Nolan, uh, healing a doctor in search of a miracle, stated that healers can cure 70% of individuals, a statistic that appears far better than the average drug. Scientific proof indicates that sacred healing is at least as good as most drugs. Virtually no single drug is as effective as sacred healing. Astonishingly, the U.S. Congress Office of Technical assessment has reported that 85% of the drugs now in use have no satisfactory scientific documentation backing them. So you're talking about people that are taking a lot of medicines. You're saying 85% yeah, of the people US who Congress. are taking medicines yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have no satisfactory scientific documentation backing them. Yeah. So we forget that the FDA is not... If you could see my face right now. <laughs> yeah. So we forget that the FDA is not actually a government entity. It is a private entity that gives recommendations to our government. I learned that when mm. I was doing the spices. Because you can put vitamins on the shelf. Do you know that all vitamins, no single vitamin, not one single vitamin is FDA approved? Yes. And you're talking about like real vitamins but they're not FDA approved. So that is a recommendation that this private company gives to our government and the government can either say, yeah, go ahead with that. Yeah, do not. Now I know we'll get a lot of a lot of talking about this episode. I'm, I'm definitely gonna be researching and trying to learn a little bit more about that because that's interesting. It is interesting. And this is a pretty a pretty large statistic here. And you think about too, you know, when you're doing um healing modalities with pharmaceuticals I can sit here and in my mind's eye I can listen to all those commercials all day long about you know hey if you take this drug for this one problem you know you have irritable bowel syndrome Mm -hmm. but the medicine actually causes anal leakage like 
maybe maybe that's not the best tool for that the target for that patient or you have antidepressants that make you have suicidal thoughts right. suicidal ideations right so like you know that's probably that's like a major red flag so i think those are probably drugs that fall into this category of saying like well it buffers the symptoms and if the fda thinks that this is a wise investment they say yes and the government is like cool stamp it go ahead and I give feel it like out that's as a, prescription. a whole different episode absolutely <laughs> but in this case we're talking about energy healing and we're talking about the fact that placebo effect is a real thing and that it is a valid part of spiritual healing even so um, we talk about often, or we have talked about frequently, I know that this is like one of my favorite ways to heal your energies, is by taking a bath. So I brought this book by Donna Eden, and she does a lot of energy medicine. She's big on YouTube. She's the cutest little blonde old lady, and she's got really good energy. Like, she exudes it. Kind of like you can see her you aura. feel her happy. Yes, and she's so sweet. I love her. So she talks about uh, using baths as healing modalities and how you can feel when your energy is different. You can feel when you need, like when people are always like, look, I need, I need, I need beach therapy. You know, like they reach their limit of stress at work and with the kids and they're like, I just need to be at the beach. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so when you feel like that, you can't actually get to the beach. I don't know if anybody wants to go to Grand Isle to feel their beach therapy. I'm sure there are many people who do. Grand mm-hmm. Islands, those people mm-hmm. <laughs> are friends. We have friends that, yeah, they grew up there. So it, in the book, she says, uh, your energies are, in fact, so distinctive that they potently regulate your physical body that you begin to look like your energy body just as surely as two people who share a life for 50 years sometimes to be, begin to resemble each other. As your energy field pulses through your body, it gradually adds its complexion to the physical structure that was determined by your genes. Matter follows energy. If you want to age well, energy well. Mm. Bruh. So I think about like how tired my energetic body must be. It must Mm. be like, okay, can we rest forever? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I've been resting. I've been, well, okay actively resting i'll say that because i don't feel like what i've done the last year has been real rest no um but yeah no i definitely can understand i mean it's when you see those pictures of the 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 presidents before they become the president <laughs> yeah. and then after and they have no if right that's hair. not a a clear description of what stress can do to the physical body the stress the mental stress will the mental stress will show up in the physical. It whether it's in disease, whether it's in, but I mean, I know that one of the CEOs or one of the really higher ups in the sales departments at the casino that I used to work at, he had he was young. He was in his early fifties, maybe mid fifties, and had like a severe heart pro- like heart attack and had to have surgery and all like. That is stress showing up in your body. That's not tip like that should not be typical. That should not be normal. We should not have the amount of autoimmune diseases that we do have. And all of those things are brought in by stress. And if you're able to combat the stress that is brought on by our society with these healing things, it will show up in your physical body in the same way but in the on the other part of the spectrum in the good way yeah 
So it says right here, the next line, it's funny you brought us there. It says, your body's health reflects the health, integrity, and flow in your energy body. And the program you are embarking on will show you how to maintain both, which is in this book, which is also what the energy healing certification does. So to to touch on that for the rest of this uh, time we have or whatnot. So in, let's say, uh, a lot of people know about Reiki. So Reiki is another form of energy movement, energy healing. And so uh, what will happen is, and a lot of people know about um, Chinese, like acupuncture, Mm -hmm. things like that. So where those needles go and why they put them there, and people use that for holistic healing. And some people see It's great. I used it for my back. And I mean, I was in physical therapy, supposed to be for four, no, I think six weeks. And the second time they did the microneedling, my pain was done. It was gone. So what they're doing is they're putting needles or a, a, a something that can draw in a current of energy into a meridian in your body. And those meridians are tied to other parts of your body as well. I can remember, this is something similar, when I was getting the tattoo on my leg after my grandmother passed away. And I could feel it in other parts of my body. And I was just tripping about it. Or when I got the one on my back, I could feel it in other parts of my body. Do you remember when I got my forearm tattoo and my legs kept going up? They (laughs) were just like randomly, because it just, it needed to do it. Yes. It was just like the energy had to get out. You were like, it's weird. I was was tickling your leg. (laughs) Yes, your leg meridian. So there are absolutely these meridians that travel throughout your body. And over time and through experience, they can become blocked or stifled. And when you are using energy healing and energy medicine, you are trying to shake free those blockages and those stoppages. So it is the practitioner's job to, to go over your body and kind of just feel with their energy where you're stuck. And sometimes you have to do cord cuttings. It's a lot. And, it's, and sometimes it's multiple sessions. It's not just a one time and you're done. Um, I can remember the first time I ever had it done to me And we'll talk about that in a couple minutes after we take this break. Okay. Wait, you didn't record that, did you? I did not record that. You're welcome. (laughs) We were. uh, That was a service to everyone listening. Well, (laughs) but I think it's still very funny. So we were kind of trying to capitalize on the Miley Cyrus uh, song, Flowers. And I was like singing about it. And Katie was singing about it. It was just, it was okay singing. So (laughs) we won't do that to y'all. But we will talk about the first Reiki session, energy healing session that I had. Um, I had it with Dr. Jess Tragel. Shout out to Jess. Um, she also has a podcast. And, she does. Um, and I, I, I started listening to we, it today. I, did, I followed her too. Yay. So, um, which is full of good and useful things. Um, so in this Reiki session, energy healing session, um, I did a lot of involuntary movement just like you had with your tattoo and I had major breakthroughs emotionally um, feeling like overwhelming amounts of grief I wept a lot like embarrassing amounts of weeping and um, she was very kind about it and gracious and she warned me that I could possibly have these um, responses to the session and lo and behold I sure did I was not in full realization of the amount of stored energy that I had about certain topics or feelings or in places 
where they were. Like, let's say I had grief stored in my, we'll talk about some chakra stuff, so my sacral chakra. And that has to do with, I mean, your sacral chakra holds your second brain. You know, with science talks about how your gut is your second brain. Um, So it was definitely there. There's, There's some sexual energy there and maybe some negative experiences I've had in that realm that were needing to be released um so she did that session and I was profoundly moved by this this method of healing and that led me to move into learning how to do it on my own and in fact Jess is who I studied with because I figured hey this is someone that absolutely knows what they're doing I am completely moved by her expertise and when she started her course on energy healing I signed up and um, so I'm certified through there. It, let's do a quick rundown of the chakras because they also flow along with your energy meridians. Your top chakra on top of your head is called the crown chakra. Um, the next is right between a little bit above your eyes between in, in the middle of your forehead. That's your third eye chakra. Do we want to explain what those things are? Okay, I'll go back. I'm just going to go down the body first and then we'll go back and I'll explain. So you have your third eye chakra, then at your throat. Guess what? It's your throat chakra. (laughs) That's your inner voice. (laughs) Yes, and the one in your chest is your heart chakra. Then right above your belly button-ish is your solar plexus chakra. Lower around your pelvis is your sacral chakra. And then at the feet is your root chakra, which makes a lot of sense when we talk about grounding and opening yourself up to um, the earth's energies so you're going to get that through your root chakra so we'll talk about the chakras and we will go towards the um, crown chakra first so description of the crown chakra is the highest chakra represents your ability to be fully connected spiritually this is also representative uh, representative of emotional issues inner and outer beauty our connection to spirituality pure bliss uh the physical association is your pineal gland so we'll talk about that um your brain and your nervous system third eye chakra is your ability to focus and see the bigger picture it's connected to your emotional issues such as intuition imagination wisdom ability to think and make decisions the physical association is to your pituitary gland your eyes and your sinuses The throat chakra, guess what? It's your ability to communicate. (laughs) (laughs) It's emotional connection is communication, self-expression of feelings, and the truth. The physical association is your thyroid glands, your respiratory system, teeth, and vocal cords. No, duh. Root chakra, heart chakra, excuse me, is the ability to love. Its emotional issues are love, joy, and inner peace. Physical associations are your heart, your thymus, your lower lungs, your circulatory system, and your immune system. Solar plexus, our ability to be confident and in control of our lives. Emotional connection is your self-worth, self-confidence, and self-esteem. The physical is your uh, central nervous system, your pancreas, your liver, your digestive tract, and your skin. That sacral chakra where I had those out you know those outbursts and things that needed to be really released were um, our connection and ability to accept others and new experiences 
And the emotional issues were a sense of abundance, well-being, pleasure, and sexuality. The physical association is reproductive organs, kidneys, bowels, and immune system. The root chakra represents our foundation and feeling of being grounded. The emotional is your survival issues such as financial independence, money, and food. Physical association is your spine, your rectum, your legs, arms, and circulatory system. So this is where all these meridians meet in order to drive energy throughout your entire body. Um, what do you know about chakras? How do you feel about them? <laughs> um, so I also went to say it for me because I always say it wrong. Reiki? Yes. Reiki? Yeah, I, I usually say Reiki. But so I also went for Reiki healing with Jess and it was amazing. And I had a very similar um, experience. I, I don't know. I don't remember what chakra was released, but I do remember having a lot of grief, letting a lot of emotions go that I, I didn't really feel like I had. Like when she was asking me some questions or when she was at certain areas, they, the tear, like I, I literally, even if I wanted to hold them back, I couldn't, they were just releasing. And so I did feel much lighter. I did feel like that was kind of an energetic, um, release from something, uh, when I went. And like you said, it does take a few things, a, a few times to fully release. You know, I did a cord cutting ceremony as well, but, um, I, I do, the chakras it's very interesting to me because I personally have struggled with thyroid issues um at the time that I was struggling with the thyroid issues and even really as I'm doing my healing work I'm realizing this was probably suppressed for longer than I realized but my throat chakra right so the thyroid gland is associated with the throat chakra the throat chakra is your speaking up for yourself communication and in me, I am overcoming being a people pleaser, avoiding conflict, and not speaking up for myself. And it's kind of interesting to see the connection of where I didn't speak up for myself and how it connects to the thyroid and how impactful that, what I believe, is you know, the stress or the holding it in, holding that energy in my body, it physically manifested in thyroid disease. Yes. I have, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, which since has been kept under control and put into remission through my lifestyle. Um, but also I am opening up my throat chakra. <laughs> I am standing up for myself. I am telling people, no, you can't do that to me. And I think that all of the healing modalities that I've added, not just Western medicine, has contributed to that healing. For sure. Um, I think you remember, and I remember obviously, but we, we, there was a moment where I was in this really toxic job and my inner guts were like, no. They were just like, no. And I would not listen to them. And I, they were giving me signs that they were like, you are emotionally off balance. Your energy is all out of whack because you are pouring so much energy into this really toxic job. And so my guts were like, we will show you how to step away from that. 
and I ended up having several surgeries and was hospitalized for a while there and my throat chakra was not open because all of my energies were out of whack and you had to show up for my throat chakra and stand up for me with these doctors and remember things that I was not in a place to remember or recall and um, until I let that part of my life go I continued to have those gut issues and so that was all about my sacral chakra being blocked because all of my energy was just completely out of whack and it was coming from my gut like it was literally speaking out loud to me right and then once you left that job it was like oh I was alleviated I'm working my body's working the way it's supposed to work yeah I could Hmm. rebalance my energy and I did I did that year after I left that job I did copious amounts of grounding I was running into the woods every opportunity that I got, sleeping on the ground outside in a tent, really focusing back and getting back into my own personal humanity. Was this during COVID, like before COVID? It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, because I feel like you did a lot of outside spending time, creating the space outside. In fact, every time I was in that toxic job, there was something happening in (laughs) in my life, in the world that forced me to sit down. Right. And I took that as when I was sitting on the ground, I remember thinking, well, you can't get any more downer than this. <laughs> like this right. is as low as I can get. So each time I would go back to that toxic job, my, my body and energy and source energy and God, whoever, if you will, um, was like, we're going to show you. Right. And because we gonna... keep getting the lessons until we <laughs> learn them. You're going to figure out how to sit it down all the way down. Can't get more downer than this. So, and I laugh because I can see patterns in my life where I'm like, okay, sometimes you have to be stripped of everything that you think is is what makes you you for you to be like, no, none of this matters. Like material things, your job, your position at your job, how much money you make, none of that matters if your energy is not right, if you're not grounded, if you're not present, if you're not doing the work all of the time, then the universe, God, whomever will show you how it feels to have all of that stripped in order for you to sit all the way down. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think that, I think everyone has a hard time doing it, but I think that men have a different hard time doing it. I was talking to a guy friend of mine the other day and he was talking about how stressed he was because he's always working and this, that, and the other. And I was like, dude, like rest, like give yourself. He's like, no, I have to, I have to save for my retirement. I have to do, I said, but your retirement's not gonna mean anything if you die before you get to retire. Yeah. Or if you are diseased by the time that you retire and you can't even do anything because the level of stress that has impacted your body you know, and it wasn't until it happened to me that I realized, oh, wow, even with the knowledge that I had, like psychoneuroimmunology, okay, I learned the effects of stress on the physical body. But it's not until you're actually faced with that, well, for some people, like some people might be able to learn by other people. I have to learn for myself. Um, so, same. But so I'm just like, and I understand that everyone's going to be able to hear that and really understand and, and receive and take, it. Yeah, receive it. But it, it really is true. None of this matters. None of it matters if we're not living healthfully, ha- happy to a certain degree. And, you know, the the possessions, they really don't mean anything if you don't have the other side to counterbalance it. Yeah, 
And I think we put a lot of stock and value in our things because we have traded so much time yeah. for those things. And energy. Uh, yes, <laughs> time and energy. So when you trade all of that time and energy for your things, then that's what gives them value. And once you no longer have those things, you're like, well, what is giving me value? And I struggle with that. When I left that job, I struggled with my identity. Yeah, because that was a very high paying job. Yeah, like it was very easy for me to, to, to do anything I wanted to do because you just go to work and slap some more money on it. Right. And it taught me that I that wasn't my identity and that it really doesn't matter. Like my joy, the joy that I radiate and how that trickles out in my circle, like how my kids feel about me based on how happy I am or how sad I am, doesn't revolve around what my job is. It, I mean, technically it does though, because if you think about if you're miserable and stressed out, well, yeah, your kids are gonna receive you differently. That's what I'm saying. So when I didn't have that job, yeah, and I also didn't have that money, my kids had more of me. Yes which was more valuable than that job or that money. They were more interested in spending that time with me mm-hmm. than they were spending my money. <laughs> right, I mean, so, you know. Yes. Hey, I mean, they're kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Because I'm thinking in my head about mine, I'm like, yeah, she kind of would rather But it also, it also gave them, uh, I guess, a kind of future insight on watching me respond to it. Okay, mom's having this physical ailment come out of her job and she's going to move away from it because it's it's taking her away from us because she's sick. Yeah. So she's going to leave it. And she does leave it. And she throws everything that goes along with it away. Which is very hard. In order mm-hmm. to be her healthiest self yeah. for us. And I was glad that they were able to observe it so closely and, and really have that whole experience with me. Although it was, I'm sure it was rough for them. We've talked about it at length. Um, but I'm I'm not mad that I left. I'm my body is happy right. that I left. I sleep better, I feel better, and I don't have to have emergency surgeries on my guts. Yeah, no, my oldest kind of had the same shift. I was after the bigger house. The this is our goal. This is what we're doing. And then I really had to rein that back when I got ill and I had to take time to heal myself. And my daughter saw the difference and she said to me, she's like, you know, I think what I want to do for life, like my job, like it's just a really relaxing job. I don't really want to be too stressed out. <laughs> she's like, maybe like a lifeguard. And I was like, I, I think you might need to look into something. I don't know if that's really going to fulfill your financial need <laughs> long term. But, you know, yes, the fact that she's now thinking like, I want to do something that does not drain me of my life energy is huge for me. And that's very exciting to me that she's seeing that. And now, like, you know, what she likes to do is um, do. What does she like to do? She she enjoys art and she enjoys digitally creating things. And so, so I being was like, creative. yeah, let's yeah. do that. Let's, that's quite let's relaxing. That. Yeah. yeah. If that's what you love. Yes. Heck yeah. It's relaxing. So that kind of doubles back into what we talked about earlier in the energy medicine book. If you want to age well, energy well. Yep. So we'll take a break and we'll get back on this in just a few minutes. Thanks. I'm just excited I get to go home and hang out by myself and watch some TV. That is recorded. Oh. (laughs) I have an overnight sitter tonight. And so I'm super excited to be able to have some alone time to heal my chakras. That's right. You have the time. So let's get into it. 
So uh, what Katie and I just talked about um, while we were off air was that uh, if you can't do anything, you're going to be doing some breathing all day long. Yes. Unless you're not. Or you're not and you're a stress breath holder, which I am reformed. Either that or you're dead. So you can do breathing, good breathing, you can do bad breathing, or you can do no breathing. Yeah. So let's work on some ways that you can clear your own chakras. Like let's say if you feel like your throat chakra is closed off because you don't speak up for yourself. Or if you feel like you have some self-worth issues or some uh, sexuality issues, these are ways that you can clear them sitting at your desk. Some of them you want to lay on the floor, but that's on you. You can do that when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> so the number one uh, breathwork methodology for clearing energy, moving energy throughout your chakras is pursed lip breathing. It looks a lot like an exhausted runner. <sighs> I know oh, you, you I hear do, me doing it, but I do, you don't I do that on my walks. It. But, so pursed lip breathing. And these, these things can be done with like just five minutes a day or like I said, sitting at your desk for two minutes. You can definitely um, sit in a really, you know, put, keep your posture in a good spot. Open your open your chest, like really breathe with your chest and be present with it. Um, so purse lip breathing, uh, diaphragmatic breathing. So that's when you're like laying on the ground or on your back and you have your hand on your chest and your other hand on your diaphragm. And you're taking these really deep where you can feel your diaphragm moving in and out. These deep breaths. That is another way. Um, the third is a breath focus technique. So both hands near your, between your solar plexus and your uh, sacral chakra. And doing again the diaphragmatic breathing. But both hands there. Because your hands are also powerful energy wielders. Lion's breath. So that's a weird one. You look mm-hmm. you look kind of silly. So maybe if you have a private office at work, you could do that one. Or or in your car yeah, on the way sure. home or on the way to work to prepare yourself for what you're going into for work and prepare yourself to what you're going into at home, especially if you have small children. Absolutely. <laughs> so the lion's breath is everything that you think of. It's your tongue kind of sticking out and you're <sighs> this really like... Why is it a lion instead of like a dog? Because um, I guess lions are like at this real thought and you feel, <laughs> feel really strong you feel better about yeah. thinking about being a lion with your tongue out than a dog yeah <laughs> this one is said to relieve uh, tension in your chest and your face so it, that's why you maintain that facial posture because it forces you to open it in a way that we typically yeah. don't sit like that um, alternate nostril breathing this is one that I have had profound yeah. effect with so you legit just hold one finger over one of your nostrils i'm doing it right now so my voice <laughs> you look funny. like that and then see this way you gotta do it in your car by yourself because yes. you don't have people well i don't you. know this one is very it was it was i could feel it and it's very opening like have you ever felt like you've had too much oxygen yeah that it's like Ooh, I'm a little loopy. So maybe not this one in the car. <laughs> no, I would do this one seated. Maybe, yes. you know, when you get home, I don't know. But you'll find a place to do these right. things. So the one nostril breathing. So the you put one finger over your nostril. Then you breathe, let's say, four or five times. And then you'll put your other finger over your other nostril and breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. I believe Lady Red said that. That's Is a, that a rapper? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was the... <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that you would say... I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that if anyone else would have said it, but because you said it, I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely... I'll sing the song a little bit for you. It says, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, and I won't finish the rest. 
<laughs> Anybody from New Orleans in the 90s uh, definitely knows that song. <laughs> so the next step is equal breathing. So that's kind of having a mudra. If you wanted to do like seated, have your hands, your palms facing the air and just equally breathe maybe four and four, five and five, whatever your lungs can hold. And the more breath work you do, the better lung capacity you'll have. Number seven is resonant or coherent breathing. So it's also known as coherent breathing when you breathe air five full breaths per minute. So that's full breaths per minute. So maybe you want to have a little stopwatch on your phone hooked up and you're watching it. So you're five full breaths per minute. So you want to get to five. Again, we're expanding our lung function. Even if you have, I have asthma and I do these, these never make me feel like I'm going to have a an attack. They always make me feel really good. I feel like my blood is pumping where it should be and I feel alive. Um, Satali breath. So it's a yoga breath when you focus on uh, lowering your body temperature even. I know that the, the monks do this or people who, who dive into like ice for a while. They do ice baths. They'll like regulate their body temperature with their mind. With this type of breathing. breathing. So yeah. what is it? It's, it's a yogic breathing practice um, called satali breath so it's in through your mouth out through your nose oh i do that every day <laughs> in relax. through your mouth out through your nose yes ma'am oh no I'm you're lying. taking i do deep, the in through my nose out through my and mouth. i've taken a couple breath work courses it is 100 percent more healthy for you to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth nose's only function is to breathe mouth has a lot of other functions noses smell breathe they help us taste, but their only role on your face is to, to take breathe. breath inside of it. I was watching something the other day. This is a little off topic, but where the guy said that he taped his mouth shut yes. to sleep because yes. it would force his body to use his nose and that made it better. Yes. I shared a um, a reel today on my social media of the books that are constantly in my rotation that I use all the time. And it is a breathwork book that is on my um, Audible, in my Audible library. In fact, I read it on the way back from New York City on the train with Gracie. And these two guys did a study where they did a whole seven days with their noses taped up and clogged up and were mouth breathers. And they did like all these physical fitness, like they ran on a treadmill, they had a sleep watch on to determine like what their, they did blood work after, before and after, and they were significantly more unhealthy after being mouth breathers for the week than they were being nose breathers. So that's how they came to these conclusions that we are meant to be nose breathers. Wow. Yeah. And that sucks because a lot of people have allergies. Yeah. And they're stopped up, so they can't even they breathe are. through their nose. They are. So here's some alternative healing breathing. So number nine is just simply deep breathing. But I think that's more of like being present with your breath. Yeah, I think that that's probably the first step yeah, to of figure that the out. breath work is you don't have to remember any of these one through nines, but right. when you're starting to be stressed, like let's just say you're a beginner to any of this, right? When you're beginning to be stressed and you stop and you notice it, that's step one. Step two is, okay, Typically, when you're stressed, you are a shallow breather. You're not getting the real breaths that you need. So just stop and just go 
in through your nose, out through your mouth as many times as you can, as many times as you need to until you then begin again. And then what I've noticed for myself is I do that throughout. I mean, you can probably hear it in our podcast. It's funny because I know you so well. I know your facial expressions. (laughs) I know your body language. I know you. And I've watched, especially within the past year, we're in certain conversations. You will just... Auto, it's automatic yeah. for you. You go, and then you get back on topic. And, yeah. I, and I know. That's my stop and pause. I do. And I know that th- what that means for you. So I, I try to like leave it alone because I'm like, oh, we got there. We got, <laughs> we got to the deep breath. Okay, moving on. Let's crack a joke or make something funny because oh, it just well, came but out. I'm also realizing things about myself. I am highly sensitive. I am probably more sensitive than the average Joe Blow and things that may not affect other people the way that they affect me, it does. And in order to re-regulate myself, that breath really helps. Yeah. And, you know, I being a shallow breather as, as your default is terrible in so many ways. And so, yeah, I do. I'm a breather, and I'm glad that you noticed because I noticed <laughs> now that my kid does it. My four-year-old will stop yes. and take a breath before she has a stressful moment, and I freaking love it. Yes. So it's funny you bring that up, and I'll give this uh, really quickly, but breathing breath work is called pranayama, and pranayama is an ancient yogic Discipline involving breath and body postures and is the fourth of eight branches of Ashtanya We need to yoga. get Jake here so he can pronounce prana, this stuff for us. <laughs> me, prana means life force and ayama indicates to extend or draw out. So it is an extension of your life force. So if you're not breathing right, your life force is not at its fullest right, potential. We're on low battery. We're not on full green. Yeah. I think about people like let's talk about people who have sleep apnea. So all night long, they're not breathing right. And it's through no fault or fault or whoever, wherever it comes from, they have it. And their breathing is like their body is in a race all night long. So they're not having full REM cycles. They're not getting restorative rest because their body is a, is almost like fighting for breath. Right. So life force is being drained from them when they're supposed to be resting. So that's why you see this influx of people that have like CPAP machines. So those CPAP machines are like forcing air into your face all night long. And a lot of people talk about how uncomfortable it is. So, you know, you kind of want to avoid getting to that point if you can uh, with sleep apnea. The 10th breathing exercise, and then we'll leave this alone. Um, And this episode is recorded. So if you want to go back and listen and research any of the words that I didn't say right. Maybe maybe we can even add add in like some guided meditation or breathing episodes. Like to where that's all that you have is us doing a guided breath work. Yeah. And I have a person in mind that I think would be great for that too. If we don't just do it ourselves. So humming bee breath. Um, so this breath is, uh, it, it's supposed to cause, create, it's supposed to create instant calm, especially soothing around your forehead. So you want to close your eyes, relax your face, place your fingers on the uh, cartilage of your ear and inhale and gently press your fingers into the cartilage as you exhale, keeping your mouth closed, making a loud humming sound. Hum. 
you did like it. Like that? Yeah, nobody can see you, but I see you. <laughs> and you did it. Hum. So what does that remind you of, Katie? The hum. Oh. Oh. So when you meditate, that's one of the main words that people teach you when you're doing meditation is doing the ohm. And it also pr- not only is sound, but it, it creates vibration within your body. Yeah. Because we're all vibration and energy. You're just being present with it. Now your eyes are closed. Your fingers are busy. Your mouth is busy. Your chest, you're focused on your breathing. You are completely present and you're making a vibration. So that is absolutely going to have a soothing healing effect on your entire being, your energetic being and your physical being. So I think that about wraps up today's episode. If you guys have anything to offer to uh, talk about us that you want to talk with us that you <laughs> want to discuss things that you want to talk about, feel free to message us. Um, we will do some uh, some video vlogging soon. So if you want to send us swag or T-shirts, I'll always offer this opportunity yes. for any businesses who want to send us stuff because we'll wear it. And uh, we'll talk about your business. And I want to give a mad shout out to Brightway Insurance, the Schmidt Family Agency in Harahan, Louisiana. They are our hosts and they are gracious enough to offer us these tools and an avenue um, with which to bring you this uh, pretty, pretty cool content. So we appreciate you guys listening and we hope that you rejoin us next week for more. Yes, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) I feel like we need to add music to that. Bye. (laughs)